Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. Exodus 33. I just want to point some things out in Exodus 33 and 34 because it's talking about the glory of God. And God wants us to see the glory. God wants us to be partakers of what he has and see who he is. And I want us to look at what's in the glory. What is in the presence of God? Why are we going after God? Why in this house do we want the presence of God? Why in this house do we want for the glory of God to show up and be in the house? Why do we want that? Because we want to know God. We want to meet him and know what he thinks, what he has to say about every situation. Anybody else with me? I want to know what God is saying. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection and how that affects my life, how it affects your life, how it affects the church. Because I believe that God wants us to grow up in him and be the church. Amen? So, here in Exodus 33, the children of, well, in Exodus 32, the children of Israel built the calf and decided that they would worship a calf. And they decided that calf was going to bring them in to the promised land. I just think, how dumb can you get and still breathe? But I think, how many people are worshiping and going after other gods. Things that have no life in them, things that can do absolutely nothing for them, going after the way of the world, and that's exactly what the children of Israel were doing. You know, in verse 1, And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart and go up hence, thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt. I love how he says that when he's the one that did it. Unto the land which I swear. And he's just telling the land that I gave to Isaac and to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He said, I told you that I'd give it, just go, just go do it. Well, I think that's the way the world looks today. They're leaving God behind and they're just going. They're just going after whatever. And so here's the setup. And Moses is getting concerned about this. And so verse 7, it says, And Moses took up the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp, or far off the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out into the tabernacle of the congregation, which was was without the camp. And I got to thinking, that, that sounds like us. We're way outside the city. We're, we're not with everybody else. We're kind of out here in the country, in a place by ourselves. We're out here. But the people that were seeking after God went outside the camp to meet with God. And I'm just telling y'all, y'all have gone outside the camp to meet with God. Amen? I just, I just got that picture and I thought, 
That's exactly where we are. People that are hungry, people that are thirsty, people that are going after righteousness. They don't care how long the drive is, they'll drive. They just want to get to that place where they can be fed, where they can hear the word of God, where they can have truth, where the leadership of the house is seeking after God, where people are going after God, after the presence of God, and they really don't care what anybody else thinks. Amen? That's the place I believe that we're going to. And it says in verse 9, And it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. That's what's in the glory, in the presence of God. You meet with him face to face. Moses went out to the tabernacle to meet with God, to hear from heaven so that he would know what to do. And we've got to get in those meeting places that we hear from heaven and we know what to do. We're living in dangerous times. We're living in serious times. And we've got to hear from heaven for our lives. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose up and worshiped, and every man in his tent door. And the Lord spoke unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. That's the place God wants each and every one of us to be, a friend of God, that we have such a relationship with him that we are continually meeting with him as not only God, but as a friend, somebody that loves us, somebody that cares about us, somebody that wants to talk with us. And so here we are in verse 12. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast found, also found grace in my sight. That's what God wants to say about every believer. I know you by name. We know him by name, and he knows us by name. And that we've found that grace. Now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way. You need to underline that, put an asterisk by it, and be praying, show me thy way. Show me your way, Lord. I want to know your way. And he said that I may know thee. The reason I spend this time with you, Lord, is so that you can show me the way and that I can know you, God, because I want to know who you are. I want to know God. That's what Moses is saying. And then he said that I may find grace in thy sight and consider that this nation is thy people. Boy, I prayed that today. <laughs> I was going, oh, God, that we will know your way, that we will know you, and that this nation, the United States of America, will be God's people again. Amen. That they'll be going after God and not all these other idols and not all this other stuff, but they're going to come to the realization that they are going after God. And that God will take us back as his people. Amen? I believe that's what God wants to do. That's the heart of God. He wants this nation back. 
And he said, verse 14, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. Woo, that's what we all want. And he said, if thy present go not with me, carry us not up hence. Boy, if we'd just take that right there and take it to heart, when Moses said, listen, if you're not going, I'm not going. That's really saying, I'm not going to do it my way. I'm not going to do it in my own strength. I'm going after you, God, and if you don't move, I'm not moving. Man, you know how much better off we'd be instead of getting impatient and doing our own thing? <laughs> Allowing his presence, taking that presence, and when he says, let's go, we say, okay, we're going. When he says, let's stand, then we stand. We have to get ourselves in that place. And verse 16 says, for wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated. I'm just going to stop. Listen. Moses is saying, is it not? And that thou goest with us, so that so shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. A separation. And we are recognized, he's saying, you'll be recognized by my presence. You'll be recognized by my presence. You'll be recognized by my glory that's on your life. You're going to be recognized, and it's going to separate you. That's exactly what we want is a separation from the world, a separation from the world's system, a separation for those that are not going after God, that we look different. Why? Because we are carrying the presence of God. That was what God wanted for Israel, for them to be separated so the world would know these are my people. And I believe that's what he wants today, that uh, Christians look different. We talk different. We act different. And we carry the presence of God. I think if we were more aware of what we carry in this hour, we wouldn't do some of the silly things that we do. When we realize that we are carrying the very presence, the very glory of God on our lives, and he wants to release more in us and on us and through us, but he's got to get us separated from the world's way of thinking, separated from attitudes, separating from doing dumb things into that place that we look different. In verse 17, And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. Hallelujah. And verse 19, and he said, no, excuse me, verse 18. And Moses said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. I'm thinking, show me thy glory. You've been in the glory. You've been in the presence of God. You've been in the 
tabernacle of the congregation where the glory cloud came in. The presence of God was right there. And Moses is saying, I know there's more. I know there's more. I know there's more. And I want to know more about you. I don't want to stop where I am right now. I'm going after God. I'm seeking after. I've seen you do some things, God. I watched you. Can't you see Moses going through his mind? I watched the miracles that you did in Egypt. I saw that. I was there. I watched you when you parted the Red Sea. But I know there's more, God. I know there's more. I know that you've got more. And I want to see it. I want to see your glory. And then, verse 19, and this is what God answered. He said, I will make all my goodness pass. Moses just asked to see more of his glory. But God said, I'm going to show you my goodness. I'm going to show you how good I am. You think you've seen something? You just wait to what I'm about to show you. Anybody want more of God? Know more of God? Going after God? I mean, he wants us to know him as well as if you're married, as well as you know your husband or your wife or your mom and dad or your children. He wants that. So he's just... He's, he's saying back to Moses, I want to show you my goodness, and it's going to pass before thee. And then he said, I'm going to proclaim my name. I'm going to proclaim who I am to you. And he said, and I'll be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. So he's about to do something that's totally different. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass while my glory passes by, that I will put thee in the cleft of the rock and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. So the glory that was at the tabernacle, and they talked face to face, but he's saying you, you can't see the person or the face of, of God and really stay in that place and live. So the glory cloud covered that. But God said, I'm going to show you more. You're about to experience more than you've ever experienced. I believe that. I believe the glory of God's being poured out. And I believe there's going to be such a thick glory cloud over the house. And we're going to meet God. We are going to meet God like we've never met God before. We're going to learn more. We're going to know God. We are going to know the ways of God. We're not going to just know the acts. I don't want to just know the acts. The children of Israel knew the acts of God, but Moses knew the ways of God. And I want to know the ways. I say, teach me, Lord. Teach me your ways. I want to know your ways. I want to know how you think. I want to know how you function. This is, this is what God wants for us. Um, keep your finger there or your 
tag in there and turn to Ephesians chapter 3. God wants us to know him. And so he says, in Ephesians 3, verse 16, that he would grant or he would give you according to the riches or the abundance of what? His glory. He's telling us something. There's an abundance of his glory that he wants you and I to have, that he wants you and I to uh, see, so that it will strengthen, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ, the anointed one, may dwell in your hearts by faith, and that you being rooted and grounded in love, verse 18, may be able to comprehend, take hold of, with all the saints. That includes all of us. God wants us all to know him. God wants all of us to be part of the riches, of the glory, of the abundance, of the glory, of the presence of God, of who he is. He said, I want you to know what is the breadth, the length, and the depth, and the height. That's a never-ending process. And that tells me we have just been on the surface. And he wants to take us much deeper than we have ever been in. He wants to take us into those places that we know his glory. And we know who he is. Amen? So he wants us to know that breath, that very length. Man. That's unending. The depth. I remember, and I've shared this, but it's been a while. I remember years. I mean, I was first learning to walk with the Lord. And after a year of walking with the Lord, I think I had a little pride. And the uh, pastor asked me to share for about 15 minutes. And I thought, wow, that's cool. And I was thinking, boy, I'd, I have learned so much. Man, I have come a long way. And I was pretty excited about what I had learned. And I had learned a lot. But, you know, God knows how to put you in your place. He knows how to just whomp you right where you need to be so you don't get prideful. And so he's, he showed me this marble and it was oval shaped. And I looked at it, and I just had this vision. And there was no end. And I was looking down and looking down and looking down, and it just went on and on and on and on. I thought, wow, what is that? And so he said, peel off like the depth of your fingernail. Just Peel it off. He said, that's what you've learned, and that's what you've got to learn. I got set straight. <laughs> he did it very graciously. <laughs> but, you know, that's what he's talking about. We're just on the surface of knowing who God is, who he really is, and what he wants us to know 
in this church age, how he wants us to grow and move in him and to know, verse 19, and says, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, hallelujah, passes our knowledge, that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. Hallelujah. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all, more than you and I can ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. God has so much more for us as believers. And we're just tapping into it. So let's go back to Exodus 34. In verse 6. Nope, verse 5. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. Why don't you look at this? God descended again. We, if I can say this, y'all have ears to hear. I mean, what happened when Jesus went up? He ascended up, right? There is a realm out there you and I know this much about. And he's saying, you know, he descended. He descended from heaven, from the third heaven. He descended way up there. And I'm looking and I'm thinking, if he was there, and here is this realm of where the demonic forces are, and he just passes right through that. Doesn't phase him. Doesn't move him. He just goes right through it. He just descended. That's the same way he went up. I'm telling you, what did, what did uh, Jacob see? He saw a ladder of angels ascending and descending. We got to get our spiritual eyes on and our spiritual ears and quit living in this place that everything is so earthbound. We're so used to earth. We need to get used to heavenly things where the glory of God is. And so he says in verse 6, And the Lord passed by before him. I just, I can't even, I'm trying to fathom that how that had to look. He's standing on a rock, and the Lord passes by. The glory, the weightiness, the heaviness of the presence of God, that he was just standing there with his mouth open. Come on, let's be real. What would you be doing? If all of a sudden the Lord starts passing by you, and then he... he he proclaimed, like he said, he is declaring to Moses who he is. So he's declaring to change the thinking of people. Do people need to change their thinking about God? I mean, people, people think God causes all the problems. And they want to get rid of them. They want God out of the picture. Do you know in the, in the Los Angeles Times, I think, the headlines on the front page of this paper was, we're finally, and I'm not, not quoting it exactly right. I should have written it down. 
We're finally going to get rid of children that know Jesus. Really? We're going to get rid of children that know Jesus? We're not going to have that anymore. We're getting rid of it. We need revival. We need it. When they blatantly put that on the front page of a newspaper, they want a generation where people don't know God. That's pretty sad. Because of their mindset and what they think about God. He, they, most, the world thinks God's a problem. The world thinks God is destructive. The world thinks that God, you know, makes all these things happen. I mean, just read the insurance policies where tornadoes come from. It's an act of God. <laughs> Get on a roll. I'm just thinking what Nancy Pelosi said. Now, you know, Mother Earth, Mother Earth, you know, you know, Mother Earth. She can get angry. That's the perception of the world where God is concerned. But God, right here in his word, is telling Moses who he is. And he says, the Lord, the Lord God, he's going to give a description of who he is. He's merciful. God is full of mercy. And he's letting Moses know that he is a merciful God and he's going to give mercy. He's going to give mercy to his people. He'll give mercy to the world if they'll come into that place and repent. This is who he is. He's not angry and mad. He's a merciful God. He's declaring to Moses who he is. And then he says, and I'm gracious. He's declaring, oh, I am gracious. I've got so much grace. This is who I am. This is the character of God. This is what he's declaring. He separated Moses. He put him apart because God wanted, uh, Moses wanted to see his glory and God wanted to show him his goodness. He, want, he was, wanted to show the goodness of God, who he really is, because everybody thought he wasn't good. And then he says, oh, I like this one. He's long-suffering. Long-suffering. He's in that place. He's not in a hurry. And it's Peter that said, you know, that the Lord is long-suffering, waiting for the souls, waiting for this harvest. You know, we are impatient, and we want to bring things to pass. We are impatient to the place that, God, can you get this done now? I know none of us have ever prayed that. I want it, and I want it now. And God is saying, this is who I am. I am long-suffering. I'm full of mercy. I'm full of grace. And I'm long-suffering, and I'm willing to wait till I can get everybody in that I can get in. That's who he is. That's the character 
of God. The very characteristic of who God is. And then he says, I love this, he's abundant in goodness. What does that tell you about his character? There's no shortage of goodness. And you know, when he talks about goodness, how good he is, part of what that means is what he wants to do for his people, what he wants to give his people. You know, when the children of Israel were in that place that we're talking about, God promised that he was going to take them into the land, right? What was in the land that God wanted to do for them? Give them houses they didn't build. You know, good. And he's good to all. I mean, this is, he is telling Moses, he's proclaiming. And I, I can't even fathom all when you look into the glory of God, what Moses was seeing. He was seen into the glory. He was standing in the glory. He was standing in the goodness of God. And God is showing him because he said, I want to show. I want you to show me your glory. He said, well, I want, I want to show you my goodness. That means he put on a show. I mean, he demonstrated. So that you and I. This is what God wants to do in this hour with the glory of God. He wants to demonstrate to the people of God his goodness, his abundant goodness. There's no shortage in the kingdom of God. He has enough for all, and he wants us to get it. That's what he was speaking to Moses. So when we come into the presence and we're going after the presence of God, God wants to reveal to us, each one of us, his character, who he is, what he wants to do. He's not holding back. He wants his people to experience his goodness. That's why he told this house, and I believe he's telling the body of Christ, but I know it's for this house because we got the word that he was bringing in the spoils. He was going to give us the spoils. We just have to begin to receive. We have to just be in that place. And like Sharice testified on Sunday, you know, she called Friday morning. And she just was so excited because she was the first with her testimony. And it was such a good testimony. She was so excited, you know, because... When you have bills that need to be paid and you're talking to the Lord, your ex-husband calls, and says, I'm going to deposit $1,000 into your bank account. Who does that? The abundance of the goodness of God stepped in there and said, I'll take care of that. I'll take care of that. And nice like that, that's a spoil. That's the spoil. That's what God's doing. And he wants us to grasp it. He's got more for Sharice. He's got more for all of us. That we just have to take hold of it and see the goodness of God to see what he's doing. And then he says, and I'm truth. You know, that kind of just settles it right there. Jesus said, I'm the truth. The way and the lie. 
God said, I want everybody to know that I am truth, that you can believe what I say, that I stand for what I say, that there, there's no lie. He cannot, God cannot lie. He cannot tell you a lie. He can't tease you. He can't trick you. He can't do that. That's not who he is. He's revealing his character to us so that we know who he is. So when the enemy comes in and tries to deceive or tries to bring a lie, we can say, no, we know the truth. We've already got the truth. God's already revealed his character to us, and he's going to do what he said. Amen? It took the children of Israel 40 years to get it. I pray it doesn't take us. 40 years to get it because God is telling the truth and then he says in verse 7 he's declaring this to Moses keeping mercy for thousands forgiving oh does the body of Christ struggle with that forgiving iniquity transgressions and sins he covers it all for us to see his character is a forgiving God. That he's not, we know what the word says, he's not going to hold us in that place. But we kick ourselves over the head and keep that in our heads that, you know, well, I blew this, I did this. You know, God's just saying, get over it and move on. Don't beat yourself over the head. Don't keep yourself in bondage. Let it go. He's declaring, I am the God that forgives. No matter, it covers there's transgressions, it covers iniquities, and it covers sin. What is there left? There's nothing left. And he says, I'm the one that forgives. And I will not hold you accountable. Hallelujah. So just get that out of your head. He's not mad at you. He's not condemning you. God doesn't know how to condemn. Amen? He's not, he's not sitting there doing that. People may do that, but that's not God. That's, that's listening to the wrong spirit. That's letting something else control you instead of being controlled by the Holy Ghost. And that's where truth comes in. You've got to believe that truth about yourself above everything. You've got to take that as the truth of God's character. Because he is telling Moses who he is and letting you know his character, what he thinks, how he operates, how he looks at things, and what he wants for his people. We are his people. Amen? Anybody? Well, I want to be that person that is going after God, having a relationship, an encounter with God, not just on, you know, when we come to church, but at home or wherever God may be. Just coming in that we are walking and we are talking with God on a regular basis. Just saying, show me your ways, Lord. And he'll not hold it back. He wants us to know his very presence. 
He wants us to know who he is. And he said it on purpose so that we would believe him. Amen? And some of us seem to take that eraser and just wipe that stuff off that the enemy has tried to put in our mind about who God is. He does not have a hammer in his hand ready to hit you over the head when you make a mistake. That's not God. That's not his ways. That's not how he functions. That's not how he operates. That's not how he moves. He's a loving God. Merciful. Thank God for his mercy. I need his mercy. But we got to learn to receive it too. <laughs> got to learn how to take hold of it by faith. That he's mercy. He's not mad at me. Not condemning me. Not holding me back. Not holding the blessings back. That we're well able to receive them. Amen. He wants to show you his glory. He wants to show you his presence. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.